you want us to feel, but we're not prepared to give up our titles just yet. We were an afterthought coming into this fixture. I was an afterthought. My board were an afterthought. It was all about the opposition and what they were going to do to us. They build up every, everyone with this off. Bookies had Rangers favourites and they asked you on Friday why. We take it as a, a slight on us. We didn't listen to any of you. We came here to win. We dominated the, the start of the game. It was a perfect performance from start to finish. We were outstanding. No, we took the game to Rangers. We played strong, we played brilliantly. Foster. Brown, outstanding. He's another one has been written off, by the way. We didn't listen to any of you. Paul and Gouli, Julianne, outstanding performances. We were very motivated, we were hungry. We didn't listen to any of you. I thought we deserved to win the game by more. We defended strongly when we needed to. And I've got a front four who are a handful for any team. I think the second goal was racing on the kick. The personality and the character and the strength of the team was evident today and everyone written us all off. We didn't listen to any of you. We came here to win. No, we took the game to Rangers. It was a perfect performance from start to finish. We were outstanding. We were very motivated. We were hungry. So we are very proud. We didn't listen to any of you. You want us to feel, but we're not prepared to give up our titles just yet. We played strong, we played brilliantly. It was a perfect performance from start to finish, we were outstanding. We didn't listen to any of you. So we are very proud. We were an afterthought coming into this fixture. We stayed strong, we played brilliantly. We didn't listen to any of you. I thought we deserved to win the game by more. Second goal was racing on the kick. Really hard professional football today with quality. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast, I am your host Louis McCaffrey and tonight I'm joined by a man who didn't actually see the game at the weekend because he was too busy watching highlights of the 90s, it's Chris Gallagher. Uh, I was actually watching wrestling 90s uh, highlights, so... Okay, I wasn't born then. Um, also joined by tonight, the wonderful, the sweaty, Kieran Haran. Yes, I do apologise, been running about playing football. 
but I'm committed to be here straight away. By the way, they're, they're two are from the 90s as well. Why are you not like I know, but you always go on about it. You're like, <laughs> Sir Manny talks about I, comics I, days, I semi. I in the 90s. Anyway, you're doing my show. Sorry. And uh, my, my sidekick. <laughs> the, 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 man, the man in my life. We're going to talk about the fact that Ryan Kent came back after alone and Paddy Roberts didn't. But it's uh, Chris Armani. Yes, the plankton returned. The cream of the crop did not. And uh, unless you're that sidekick, Pashwi man. <laughs> How dare you? So, um, before we get into it, because we are going to get into it, um, we're, all, we're all pretty buzzing about the result. This is the reaction pod. Um Quick word on the the Patreon. Patreon's been churning out some uh, some some decent stuff. You know, if you're if you're involved, then you've probably already listened. If you haven't, please subscribe. Um, subscribe iTunes. to decent stuff. It's a bit better than decent, pal. Come on. No, it's pretty good, but I'm just not on it that much, so I'm not going to promote it too heavily. Anyway, iTunes. Um, if you could give it five stars, give it a wee review. Do you still check the iTunes? No, definitely. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody does. Um, but yeah, if you could, it would be good. And uh, the website, nightmanacynic.com, um, has loads of content on it. and Lots of yeah. stuff coming up this week as well. Stephen Russell's doing a terrific job. Um, oh, Patreon.com slash nightmanacynic. Because sometimes you're at your work, you're pretending to do your job, you can't be quite listening to a podcast, so it's good to read something on the, on the screen. It's the alternative, it's the in-work podcast, essentially. See the, uh, that thing, that, um, the magazine that Christian and that did? I can't remember what it was called. The cynical, the cynical, the cynical, the cynical. Is that coming back? Uh, we're, we're potentially talking about doing like one a year. It's a lot of work, and uh, I I don't know if it's it's a lot of work. And considering we're doing a lot of stuff for Patreon, it's we kind of have to kind of divide our time. So potentially, potentially yes, potentially no. Watch this non committal. I'll translate that. No, <laughs> it's gone. I never wrote anything for it's it. It's anyway, been Which is why it failed. Anyway, I don't want thing. Anyway, we've had a game at the weekend. Did we? We smashed them. We absolutely smashed them. We Rangers did. nil at Ibrooks. Celtic two. We all predicted it. We all said it was going to happen. No, we didn't. But um, yeah, you, s- you said two, two each. You s- did you not say two each last week? Uh, no, I definitely said a Celtic one. Anyway, Chris Armani, <laughs> Chris Armani, um, reaction, glee, joy, delight, stuff like that. It was so satisfying. Haven't been nervous like that before a game for a long time. Um, did you feel like a fool? Because you felt nervous. No. Because I kind of felt a bit foolish. That. I don't mind that. It's I mean, it's, it's it's better. I mean, that made it more satisfying. Now, see when we've tushed them 5-0 and 5-1 and all that. And Sorry, hold on a minute. When we tushed them? <laughs> tushed them, aye. <laughs> I've never heard. You, you just made that up. I'm willing to accept it. Tushed. Aye. No, we can put it into the um, the, the vocabulary, but I've, can the you, lexicon the of lexi- the name I, mean, I wanted I know, to say lexicon, to say I'm that. daft, aye. Anyway, um, I think you'll find tushed. that's an established word. When we beat them uh, by several goals, it's more satisfying, I think, when you're not sure what the result's going to be. And just see the elation. The elation for Eddie's goal, coupled with the nervousness, because, again, see, when you wa- I watched the game back a couple of times, the full 90 minutes, and in hindsight, you're thinking, they were never going to score, but you don't think that at the time. Yeah, no. You're absolutely not thinking that That's at the it. time. So the nervousness of it all... It was so slender, and then just the release of emotion when when Hayes put the ball in the net. It was 
as satisfying a win as I've seen for many a year. Kieran, yes? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if there's something wrong with me now, but I wasn't nervous in the lead up to it. I don't know why. Um, Been desensitised? Maybe a wee bit, but I, w- I had to have the mindset of we've been scoring for fun, really, domestically. Um, we've not been challenged yet. Take the cup game and done firming out of it because when when teams sit in like that, they're not going to threaten us. It's just going to be tougher for us to beat them down. Um, you look at the way they've started the season. They had an injury time winner against Kamarnock. They needed a free kick against St Mirren. Um, okay, they kind of they, they scalped Hibs, but it was a poor Hibs side with ten men. Mother will scalp Hibs at the weekend. That so and I, 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 I wasn't I wasn't totally confident we'd win, but I didn't I didn't think we would lose. I thought we would actually. I thought we'd actually compete this time because the last twice we've been there, we've just not turned up. Mm. Um, and I think the key thing, I think I've now noticed with some of these games is, what's key is, it's the first team to get their foot in the ball and, and pass it about and control it. The previous two times at Ibrox, Rangers managed that and it kind of kept us out of the game. This time it was us. Um, there was, I mean, from the kickoff, it's something different. I don't, I don't think Lenz have done that before, where it's kind of put in almost a kind of rugby style, thing, uh, rugby style yeah. kick to the corner. But I, people were saying it's so you get territory, but it's you're not p- necessarily p- because when it's a throw into them, they would get the ball back and then they would have the ball. So I don't always kind of... You're, you're pushing them right up the pitch. Yeah, so. but I mean, it's only the first few seconds. Once they get the ball, and push us back. But it didn't quite work that way anyway. Um, but we just totally controlled it. It was kind of going back to the rat days. At Ibrooks, where we were bossing them, we were totally we were controlling the game, the tempo, and everything. Because what I noticed at one point was when the defenders got the ball, they were standing with the ball still. They were not wanting to pressure. They were wanting to set off us. And as the more and more time that happened, the atmosphere was killed. Yeah, you so, could you could yeah. just hear Ibrooks was just the, yeah. it was different. There was no singing. It was the kind of chatter as if you're in a pub. It was just that kind of, you know, that kind of noise you get mm. in a busy pub where it's just noise of people talking. So it was like, it was the kind of frustrations in the terrace and in the stands. But that killed, that helped us and it killed them. It killed the momentum um, and we just controlled the game. Chris, would you make a Harold Bratback score? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I watched Harold Bratback score four goals today against uh, Kilmarnock. Remember that game? Yeah, missed about six that. chances. I know, it? I know. The golden years. The golden years. What, what did you miss one on line, off, off the line that day? Ah, yeah, but one hits the post. Sorry. No doubt you would have saw the, the highlights <laughs> on full scene. What did you think? Come on, yeah. what, did, what, what was your reaction after the game? Uh, I was kind of nervous coming up to it, so I, was, I woke up fine, put on, uh, put on my music. Put on the old music. All right. Uh, got myself in the mood. Uh, and I was fine, had my breakfast, a few pints, a few, few cans, sorry, sitting down, prepared. And I was absolutely fine up until about 20 minutes before. And then I'd, my stomach just went, nope, you're going you, this. And then all these. Did you shit yourself? I do that semi regularly with uh, my elbow bow. But like with the um, the idea, all, all these stupid permutations came in my head. If we lose here today, then it's going to push them on. And if we win here today, I'll just think. And it just it became so tangibly close that if we win and we really put them in their place, then we could really, really push on, which I think we will do now. Um, hearing Chris Common saying tipping Rangers before the game, I thought was terrific. Did he? Aye, of course he did. The best Tip. one was a deal record, Jonas. Aye, that four yeah. nil. One of them pre- predicted four nil, which oh. is fucking insane. But the game itself, uh, to echo what these two guys have said, the, the, the point that Kieran makes, the, I think it was about the thirty-fifth minute where uh, Bitton has the ball and he passes to Julian, and Julian passes back to him, and there's no pressure on them, and they kill the game. They kill the momentum of Rangers. 
Uh, Neil Lennon, right, for all his flaws and all the much as we've criticised him, he played the perfect game. Absolutely. His in-game management was terrific, and he can be criticised for a lot of things, but he can't be criticised for how well he did then. Yep, and we'll definitely come come to Neil Lennon later on. But for me personally, I think I was I was nervous. I was really nervous before the game, um, but that kickoff and the way the game started. I had, I had it in my head that Rangers were going to do what they've done in the last kind of last season. They would come out all guns blazing and really go for us, and I couldn't believe that they didn't. I was so shocked by their non-performance in that game. They say I'm wrong as well. Coupled with the fact that we absolutely nailed it, we nailed it in every aspect of the game. Neil Lennon nailed it. Scott Brown nailed it. The players. All over the pitch nailed it, um, and we're going to go through every single one of them and give them their due because they've been they, they were exceptional on the day. See, the the thing about it is, is the two previous games at Ibrox, people need to put that into context because there's some people who have came out since the game and said, "Oh, what was you all worried about? You were all buying into the hype." That, I don't think that's true. I mean, no. we've said it on the podcast last week. Any deficiencies we've got, you shouldn't be then assuming that that means that they're great. Well, I think more than one of us said that I certainly did, and that's absolutely true, you know. But in the context of going there twice uh, last season, and not even just getting beat, being not even at the races, run over, run over the top, and it, um, and one of them Lennon being in charge. In the context of that, I think it was understandable why people were nervous about it. Did you think? Can I jump in for a second, right? See when. You said that Lennon was in charge. When Lennon took over, the first thing you thought after the rat left, the th- first thing you thought was, well, Lennon will get them, get them up for the, the yeah, Derby game. Exactly. Maybe he'll get them up for Ibrox. And, and see, he when, didn't. Well, see, when he didn't, though, I think there was a fear going into this, in my mind, was maybe he just doesn't have the ability to get them up for Ibrox anymore because he is more subdued. He has been more subdued. Mm-hmm. And maybe he doesn't have that real fire in his belly. You're right. No, you're exactly right. Because I remember in the second game when Lennon was back in, I said, this will be different. Yeah. That won't happen again. They won't play yeah. Callum McGregor at left back, which they didn't. But <laughs> Callum McGregor was wasn't at the races that day. We were totally overrun. It was every bit as bad as the New Year game. So yes, you then There's you've got doubts about yeah. what he can do, and that's forward. what we were worried about. But um, like, I think I said this, and I think we we kind of all agreed last week that Lennon's record at Ibrox with Hibs, for example, and Celtic is good. I mean, he knows he knows how. To, I think when he's got the time and it's his players and his team. He, this is the games where he thrives on and he, he really does deliver and thank goodness he did. When the teams came out, um, so Celtic lined up, Fraser Foster on goal, El Hamid right back, Julian, Beaton and Bowling Goalie, uh, Cal McGregor, Scott Brown, James Forrest, Ryan Christie, Mikey Johnson, I don't know if I've said his name wrong, and Edward. Um, Rangers lined up, Al McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Katic, Flanagan, Jack, Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Defoe, and Aribo. <laughs> now, um, initially when I saw the team... Can we rate, see when we rate the Celtic players, can we rate the Rangers players as well? Absolutely. Please. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, when I saw the teams, saw the Celtic team first... And I th- was immediately worried about uh, Beaton at yeah. centre half. I was mm-hmm. I was genuinely worried about Beaton at centre half. Um, the rest of it, I wasn't really too surprised. And then I saw the Rangers team, and I was just dead confused yes. because they didn't have any wingers on. 
Yes. Which has been arguably, I mean, it's been the one thing where they've recruited most and it's probably where they're strongest. What, Celtic? No, Rangers. Yeah, but I think that if you look at it, what what is Celtic's biggest strength? It's probably our wide players. Mikey Johnson is is in terrific form, and James Forrest has absolutely been a match winner. And so to go so narrow, I just thought but, was unbelievable. But what's, what's our, what was our perceived weakness going into the game? Well, from there, from every single person's perceived weakness, including ours. Yeah, I well, no, just defence. I think everyone thought, aye, but, but uh, fullbacks. Aye, okay, fullbacks were where we were worried. So I mm. thought they would they would put. You can't tell me you want to. You can't tell me you want to worry with bet on its centre half. No, we mm. all. He had. That's what. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But when the teams came out, I was initially worried about Beaton and obviously Brown. But I, knew, I wanted. I did want Brown to play and Bolingoli. I, I was. I was less worried but, about Beaton than Bolingoli. Yeah. Not because. Uh, Probably because of the. The spotlight that was on him because Lennon dropped him, the pressure, and uh, some of the games he's had so far, and of course Tavernier going forward, you and know, the would be up against him. The atmosphere it might have got to him. So Beaton, Beaton's been been there. Do you know what I mean? Although they did say that's the first game he's played against him in two and a half years, but he's been there. He's he understands it and all that. So I was less concerned about him than than Ball and Golly. I thought they would have targeted him from the first minute, but. Of course they didn't, and it was... The, the, they couldn't. Get... I don't think it's they didn't. Because no. you were talking about them not coming at us. I think they quickly realised that, one, their setup's completely wrong, and two, they've got everything exactly right. Yeah. The snap and the bite in midfield just cowed them. There was absolutely no way that they could do what they wanted to do. I, I, I agree with you, but I thought they looked absolutely dead on their arse. I thought they looked knackered. I, I, I think the, the, the midweek, the, the European game, must have sapped out of them in a way that... Because they, so they just, saying they the only one because they were tired against Legia. I just don't think we're that good. Um, no, we were we were exceptional. Near Beaton, um, I'm going to highlight him first. As I say, I was worried about him going into it. I thought Near Beaton was exceptional when he when he was on the pitch. Sadly, he got injured and had to go off. But it was I a really, daft chasing that. It was a, it was a lost cause. Why, but why I, did he even do it? See before that though. The uh, yeah, the man of the match for me before that. Yeah, sensation. I thought think? He was, he, I think before he was, that before he went off, brilliant. Man of the match. No, I thought he was bright, but man of the match. Huh? I okay. think he was better than Julie. Julie you could probably pick uh, one of the back four. To be fair, you I, could probably pick one of the back four. Yeah. Yep. I thought. I thought they were all to a man exceptional. Yep. I think that. Uh, I thought. I thought Beaton's positioning. Uh, he knew exactly where his to be. Reading of the game was I mean, fantastic. Julie dominated in the air and everything coming in, but exactly Beaton just read everything. It was like. Unbelievable for and me. For me, that sorry, can't go. I was just gonna say, sorry, El Hamed as well. The minute um, they had that fracture. ball, he was straight in there. He was taking the taking the, the just poking a toe in just to get the ball away. So he was that that that, that quite a number of times he did that. That tackle when the foe, aye, that was that was exceptional. Uh, El Hamed, my right back. I, I, I'd like to go and record. Your colours to the mask I, have, I have been searching far and wide for my right back and I have found him. Hatem El Hamid. I have a Dudu Dahan poster in my, my bedroom. And we are the flip floppers. And we are the flip floppers. No. I've never flip flopped on. <laughs> Scott do, Brown do, do. needs to play at Ibrox. Yes, he does, Louis. Any means necessary. Get Scott Brown to fuck, by the way. Listen, no. All Scott, all Scott Brown <laughs> done at the flop, weekend. Flip flop. Flip flop. Flip flop. Flip flop. All Scott Brown done at the weekend. Was, was dominate. What? Dominate. No. Run the show. Was prove me correct? Because <laughs> I, I said this was the game that he should play in. But see if we were playing. <laughs> let me finish. If we were playing a, a, a league game midweek, this week, 
I wouldn't want him playing. That's not the tone of what you were saying. Uh, can, I, can I make a point on El Hamid? Um, because you were off, you were very disrespectful of him uh, last week. Hey, what did I say? Disrespectful. You said, you said he was shit. <laughs> It's on record. Did you, did you, you're just lying. I never he said, said he was shit. I, I, I was dead impressed with him, but you weren't so impressed with him. You, all you, I said was, he hasn't was fully convinced me the way... Essentially, what me. all someone needed to do in that fullback position, it, honestly, was come in and have a decent game. Yeah. Right? That's all anyone needs what to do. What do you think now, though? See, no, no, let me finish, though. Oops. So he comes in and he has a decent game, a couple of decent games, and in Cluj, he was completely caught out about two or three times, right? Which is due to the fact that he was uh, tired because he hadn't had a full preseason which was due to the fact that the whole back four was completely fractured because it's been different so I wasn't saying any shit what I said was there's a worry there and he came in and he was excellent and he was very very good but this idea that he's brilliant after he has one or two decent games is mental you call us flip-floppers you'll you openly say that Scott Brown needs to go to Australia by any means necessary and then five minutes and then an hour later, we'll say if it wasn't for Scott Brown, we wouldn't have won the lead because he's a right good leader. And then you'll say we should have him. We shouldn't have him in the old firm game. And then you'll say he fucking won, is it? Listen. You're a fucking flip flopper. I am too sometimes. There's no question. Listen. But the fact is, you call <laughs> us out, and you are the big. You're like a Fox News host. That's Fox what you're like. News? Yeah. Listen, Donald, you have been on the Patreon far too much for your own good. Scott Brown, I have said consistently. <laughs> He needs a to terrific, go. terrific leader. He needs to go by any means necessary. <laughs> but let him pack his bags. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not just throwing on on the plane. Nicely give, done. Give hey. him time. Phase him out. Do you know what? Um, Nicely done. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Very, very Scott, Scott Brown. Then let's, let him pack his bags. That's a t-shirt. Let's, by the way. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about him when he when he done the whole you know pumped up absolutely you know pumped up aye pumped up moment. That's when it changed for him, I think. That was the time in the game where he just took on and he went to a different level. Well, and you could tell, <laughs> I, I, me standing in the pub, I was like, I suddenly felt less nervous just watching him because I knew Scott Brown's on it. Well, see, for me, there's been games where Brown has done that on his own, where he's, you know, his energy, his drive, his leadership is what's galvanised the team and picked up. Brown was doing that on on Sunday, absolutely. But you're right, guys like El Hamid, Julian, leaders. They were all they, they were so aggressive and on the front foot that Brown didn't need to do that on his own. A lot of the time, a lot of our players are quite passive, right? But I think as well, and a guy, I have to mention a guy who barely touched the ball on Sunday, and that's Forster, because even just him being there, he just exudes confidence. That back line, I think, presence. took a lot of presence, presence, confidence, whatever. No, both good, I Both. Yeah, yeah. But I think, see, you've seen Bain and you've seen Gordon's jitters, you know, carrying through the team. And I don't think that was the case with Forster yesterday. I think you, that back five just looked confident in each other. And that's remarkable for a, a team that's, that's not played much together. But what they brought, and, you know, guys, as I say, El Hamed and Julian, they supplemented what Scott Brown brought. So I don't think it was Scott Brown alone on no. Sunday, but, you know, when it has been in the past, but absolutely, man, he contributed. I, th- I think that's that's one thing that um, we're going to go on to talk about the transfer window uh, a bit later in the show, but that's one thing where we have lost leaders, um, natural leaders in the team, the likes of Lustig and Tierney. Those players have left. Um, but 
possibly we've replaced them with the likes of El Hamid and Julian well, and well, these players who clearly it's fucking rain out, isn't Jesus Christ. You had <laughs> Rangers in your equipment, didn't you? Uh, Kieran, <laughs> back five, it was four players who've just arrived in the past month and one player who's not playing in his natural position but obviously gets it. They were amazing. They were. And it was what was even great about that is they were totally written off. It was the opposite way around. It was we are the weak defence and Rangers of the solid defence, the ones that have um, done so well. Um, but we actually just kind of tore it all up. We just we just threw it all back in their faces and it's 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 that kind of stage where you're, you're kind of using the whole phrase of put them back in their box. And it's a bit Wait. cheesy to say that, but it's right true because they were giving it all big licks and lead up to everyone, even the media. Yeah, and but, then that's just that performance has just shown them that look, you're just still quite far behind us. No, well, after today when they signed Ryan Kent, it's back on for fifty-five. Um, Ryan Kent, that, sorry, do you mean Ryan Hazard? Fucking un- the, the 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 rhetoric that comes out when anything they do. Essentially, though, I mean, if I look at our back five, right, I think Foster, I think Chris is right. Um, the kind of wee missteps that Golden and Bain do, it does carry Foster. Looks more confident. He just looks like a confident he's goalkeeper. A, he's a man mountain. Yes, he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just a huge unit that you know that you can't quite say fill the whole goal, but at times just the kind of the presence he has can make make a striker make a sec, a, a, a kind of split second yeah, decision, yeah. which is what can you influence. Do. It puts them off because if it's a small goal, they've got one decision they know what they do. But because he's that size, they think shit, watch the side I go? And, it, and then by that point, it confuses them and then they don't actually f- fall through the, yeah. the just, just, just to let everyone know, the, uh, the, the actual uh, host has went to the toilet halfway through the, the podcast, which is something... Kim was talking. Yeah, which is something I've never done in my entire tenure um, of the 90 Minute Cynic. But hey, listen, everyone's got different styles. If you want me to take over, we man at any point, that's fine. If you want no, me. no, I'm back to dominate. Thanks, Kim. So, uh, <laughs> such a bike. So, so uh, what were we talking about again? <laughs> fucking girls. Um, so going into the game, Chris, yeah. Celtic had been written off. And I think Neil Lennon made that point clear after the game. Yeah, it was a perfect performance from start to finish. We were outstanding. We were an afterthought coming into this fixture. I was an afterthought. My board were an afterthought. It was all about the opposition and what they were going to do to us. And we didn't listen to any of you. We stayed strong. We played brilliantly. We came here to win. We came here to be strong. Neil Lennon absolutely he smashed that press conference and it was brilliant you know he 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 really got tore into them in a way that I, I didn't actually expect after the game I knew he would be up and I knew he would have his back up and he would you know he'd be quite confident off of such a brilliant result but I mean he really stuck it to them and yeah. before this game we as he says we had been written off and you know and maybe maybe <laughs> In a way, I don't know, were we too negative? Probably not, because we were impassioned after what had happened with Cluj, and I think we were we were measured, but passionate, if you know what I mean. Can, can I, can I <coughs> see as Celtic fans, right, we're always going to be critical, right? So we are always going to be critical of our team because we want them to be the best they can be. So there's always we are the 90-minute cynic because we're going to cynically look at how Celtic can improve and Celtic can get better. That's our job, I think, right? As fan led, job. As fan-led media, I think it's our job to keep everything in check, right? The way the Scottish mainstream media run, and, and the, the stories that are put out about Rangers, it's been the same the last three years. Remember the build-up to the 5-1 game when Brendan, Brendan, Brendan O'Neill, um, 
but the Rats' first game in charge, well, we scudded them 5-1. Mm. The build-up to that was... Joey uh, Barton. Yeah, but it was Joey Barton that was thinking. And then in the second season, Gerard's first, uh, Pedro's first season, Pedro's going to bring a new new exciting style of football, scudded them then. Gerard's first season... They'd loaves of bread in their heads. But the, I don't know why people... Are, I don't know why... Great. Magic hats. I, I don't know why, we're also, why people are surprised. I don't know why they're surprised that the mainstream media in Scotland, um, which my father pointed out quite nicely, have a bias towards Rangers... Um, and not necessarily, yeah. yeah. But the fact, the fact is, it's been exactly the same since the sixties. I don't know why anyone's surprised. I know, no, we're not surprised. I know, but I know, but you're, yeah, I, you do sometimes get surprised by how fucking over the top. I it know, is. I, I, absolutely, and we're written off. You know, it was all about Rangers, as Neil Lennon says. It, it was all about Steven Gerrard, and we absolutely smashed them. Yes, we did. <laughs> smashed them. But I mean, yes. Again, it goes back to the point I made at the start in terms of the nervousness making it all the sweeter. It does make it all the sweeter because everything, there was a siege mentality, I think. Lennon said it. Well, maybe it didn't, maybe he used those words, but essentially what he was saying is, you wrote us all off. You wrote me off, not just the media, a lot of our fans. And we went out and we did that today. The entire press picked them and we went out and did that today. That siege mentality, that makes it sweeter. That that win for me was more satisfying than any win in the last three years. Now, see the, the big wins, the big, you know, the five nils and all that sort of stuff. I agree. I, f- I completely agree. Yeah. Who, I love them. Who who wouldn't who wouldn't love Lustig running through it, put the fifth in at Ibrooks? That stuff is just phenomenal. But that off the back, that release of tension at the end, unbelievable. But do you know do you know what for me was so good about it? Was we were we, we were we played in a way that We've all complained about Neil Lennon. We complain that there's no shape. We complain that the players don't quite know what they're doing. Every one of them knew the game plan expertly. They carried it out expertly. We were so compact. We hunted in packs like we have not pressed anybody since the Rats' first season. We pressed them all over the pitch right away, hunted them down, and we absolutely... We gave them a lesson. We gave them an absolute lesson in how to play football and how to dominate a game of such a magnitude. And they shrunk. They absolutely shrunk and wilted under the pressure. And we rose to it. And it was fantastic. And do you know what epitomised that? Was the sheer coolness of Eddie when he slotted that goal. See the nerves and the tension and the atmosphere. There's nothing and worse. And for him... To receive that ball and just stroke it past McGregor with ease and just coolness, oh, it's just There's nothing worse than magic. When, when, when an opposition player, especially in these games, tells you to shush or you calm down. It's just like, you know the way like, on, guys, like all... Level Grand used to do and all that, you know, back, back in the day and right. telling you to shush. It wasn't quite the 90s, oh, but... Oh my, yeah, no, I know, but, you know, I'm close. <laughs> uh, the, the way that made you feel, imagine... Big Eddie just going down, telling them what to calm down. It's like going absolute Raj Bongo. But the, the thing about it, right, is... <laughs> Raj Bongo? It's up there with Tushed. No, I know that one ah, as well. Yeah. Right, right. But when Eddie went through and go, I never for a second thought he was going to miss that. Aye. No, I mean... And do you know the last time... At all. Do you know the last... I was thinking about this today, right, um, when I was watching 90s things. The last time I thought of that about a player was George Cadet. Whenever George Cadet was one on one, he never missed, and that's exactly the way I'm starting to get to feel w- with Eddie. That when he's one on one, he will always score. Which for someone who's 21, he felt that way about Larson too. If you think about, if you think about, no, well, Larson, Larson's different. Larson's a completely different uh, kettle fish. Um, if you look at 
Jack Aitchison. Jack Aitchison's what, 19? Probably more than that, isn't it? Well, he's made his debut when he was 16, which was what, 2015. So, right. 1920. Jack Aitchison is a year younger than Edward. 2015? I think it was 2015. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right. But he's, we'll we'll figure it out. But let's see. He should get a real job. Dial's last game, right? And he comes on and he scores a goal, which was 2016, right? So, right. So, like. 19 years, let's say, let's say he's 19, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's two years younger than Eddie, and he's just away on loan to... Forest Green. Forest Green. That's the difference. That's no, and that's absolutely in no, I'm not slagging off Aitchison uh, at all, he just needs time to develop maybe, and maybe he's not at our level, but the fact is, Edward is an exceptional talent at 21. And I, th- I think we're never, we're not going to appreciate him until maybe... He's moved on because, and and I, and I hate to say that, but that's just come on. Let's we're living. It. He he is so much better than anyone in Scotland in that position, yeah. and not only but in that position, but in other positions. I, I as was, well. I'm a, sorry, I'm actually astonished at the development he's made in the yeah. short time. Oh, yeah. Now we talked about him, and is I, it I new said this to, Well, maybe, well, maybe, but I mean, when he first came, I was like, I like him, but he just looks. He just looks too. He looked quite wiry. He just, like, aye, and he looked. He, he had all the tools, but there was he was he needed polished and stuff like that. There was still a lot of rough edges with him, and I thought nine million pound was on a very very high fee for him. Bargain. I suppose <laughs> I suppose it was. Well, that's what I'm saying. I suppose it was a risk. Really, it doesn't matter if we pay nine million pound for anybody. It's a risk. Yeah, but man, it's it paid off. Uh, one thing that I, I wanted to bring up was the fact that in, in recent press conferences it was after the European game as well and after this one uh, Neil Lennon's mentioned the role of uh, John Kennedy and Damien Duff and there's been certain certain things where he's he's you know he's given them praise for being involved one of the things was Johnson and his development recently and With how Duff. Damien Duff has really taken him under his half the Irish because Damien Duff's here terrific um, terrific um, but the, the, and, and John Kennedy's Role and I know we've noticed it and we've spoke about it before, but I noticed it even more at the game at the weekend. He was so animated and he was up constantly giving instruction at times when Neil Lennon was sitting back and John Kennedy looked. John Kennedy's taken. John like Kennedy's taken over after the Lennon. manager. John Kennedy's definitely taken over after Lennon, and that's. And do you know what? I'm a I'm a bold the Kennedy kite. You'll be off the Kennedy Kite. I know, I just try to think of something that's... Uh, the Kennedy... Car? <laughs> car? Nah, yeah. This is a Kennedy Kite. Oh, I need to be Because Kennedy Kite was an absolute <laughs> beaut. This is a Kennedy Kite. I can fly in a kite. Anyway, um, we should probably talk about the, the, the goals a wee bit more. So, as we mentioned there, Edward, one-on-one with um, McGregor after... Uh, you know, an exceptional bit of play the finish, from Connor, how he got Connor it, Goldson. He put it just the only place you could put it. That he put Edward put the ball the only place you could possibly put it to score the goal because McGregor was spread spread you, pretty well. And do you know that the, the one the one player in in that team right now in the the blue team that are the really, filth the yeah. scum let's let's because, the su- subhuman scum yeah. That's the line. He's established yeah. scum. that. Scum. Subhuman scum. That's that's, that's his, his Patreon line. To be that's right. his hit for the year. <laughs> um, the one player that you, you hate now, the, 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 the biggest villain is McGregor and see him going, 
Raj Bongo. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> After that goal, going mental at everybody for not offering goals in a pass. Brilliant. I Absolutely. Couldn't have happened to a nastier, here's, here's, nastier little fellow. Here's the thing with the filth, right? They don't have anyone... They have no personalities that, like, see, back in the day when it was like, uh, even in like the you know the early two thousands when it was like Ronald De Boer and uh, Amoruso and even guys like Bouguera and all that, like there was guys you just fucking hated, right? See, in this team, I don't care about any of them. Like, there's there's no I don't Morelos, Morelos to me has became a bit of a Cebo character. Like he's actually a bit of a joke. Like yeah. mm. he comes on, he does twenty. Uh, One you might be was Holiday. Halliday's pathetic. Halliday, Halliday's a nothing. He's a piece of. He's a piece of nothing. But like, he was, was he even there? No, I wasn't there. I don't think he was. So I don't. They're such beyond plankton that I don't even get my fishing net out to put them on the, the pavement and stamp on them. We doesn't do that. No, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if the plankton are big enough to get in the net. But anyway, I want to go back to certain Celtic players and highlight their performances. Post, but first, post. but first. I want to laugh more at them because they were so shite. They weren't very good, were they? Do you know who I, wa- you know I want to laugh Please at the most? slaughter them. Do you know who I want slaughter to laugh them. at the most? I want to laugh at you uh, Jordan butcher. Jones the most. Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones, Jordan red Jones card. who's now putting myself out of the game for nine months, is Get it right up him. That is retribution hope- for being an absolute fucking scumbag for just... It was an assault on Bauer. He wasn't even going for the ball. He was kicking him up there. Some people would say it was to appease their fans. Maybe, maybe a few of them because they're, they're animals and they enjoy it. Can, can, I, can I interject? But when Vida Vida I went mental and cheered them off the pitch. So there's a little bit of that in all of us. Jordan Jones the 90s. is on crutches. I hope he's an Asda. There's spilt milk and he falls. And hurts himself more. <laughs> I just I want was, a wee bit more. It was pain. a great tweet. The picture when you seen him hobbling out of Ibrox and crutches and a brace after that, Fuck. and it was just like hell, mind you for see, being an absolute. Mean, see when he came on, it was like uh, Jordan Jones came on. My dad, my dad literally went, "Is that that guy from Kilmarnock?" <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "I," and we just laughed. Jordan Jones wasn't very good for Kilmarnock. Like I think. He scored a couple of goals. Uh, I don't know what his XG was. Blah, blah, blah. Chris, you fill us in. 45. Jesus, that's quite high, to good. be honest. Aye. But I just, I just, when they bring on guys like Jordan Jones and you're just like... I mean, oh. he's he, he's pacey. And I mean, I suppose they've signed that many players this summer that it's a bit like, you know, they'll, they'll sign up, I don't know, a dozen players and hope that two or three of them are good. You but know if, what I mean? See, see, see if, they signed, if they could have Scott Sinclair... Or Jordan Jones in their squad, they would have Scott Sinclair. Yeah, yeah. If we could have Scott Sinclair or Jordan Jones in our squad, neither of them would make our squad. Yeah, and that's the difference. But it, that's the thing as well. I mean, they signed, they signed um, Jordan Jones. They signed uh, the boy for Aberdeen. Uh, they signed Brandon Barker. They signed Brandon Barker. Brandon Barker, the winger. Yeah, I mean, yeah. from Man City. Won, but, I, they, I think they signed pish. him for Man City. But see, see, even looking out this morning, see the amount of players they just slip quietly out the door. Uh, Graham Doran's his contract has been terminated. Joe Dodu, I right. forgot he was. I forgot there. he was even there. Uh, and I guess one was Lee Walls. I didn't even realise he'd gone. They just, but, <laughs> but they just, they just sign up absolutely everything and hope one or two of them will be a hit, and then quietly slide them back out the door. Remember the guy they got in loan for Roma? 
Oh, aye, aye. Oh, can. aye. I can't even. Striker? Aye. Sadiq. 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 He was class. I mean, Omar they just, Sadiq. Omar. That's it, Omar Sadiq. They, they just sign up so many guys and then you forget about them and then you're reading the paper, they've been released and you just go, ha ha. Do you know the one I, on, the one that I thought was the biggest ready was that Ojo, was Ojo that came on the second half? Yeah, right? yeah. The Ojo. guy from Liverpool. He's fucking rank. Well, Liverpool have loaned him out five times. If that doesn't say anything to you, I don't know. Frank Kent's been sent loaned out what five, six times, and then all of a sudden he said the most games he's ever played in his career is for Rangers. I mean, that just shows you. Aye, but he's better than Eden Hazard. Sorry, get to that in a minute. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got a tweet from Liam at uh, underscore lmax sixty seven. He says, "Who's the biggest bit of plankton in the Rangers team?" Scott Arfield by a country mile for me. You know how we grat like we like always say like I bags of this player in the cynic chats like I bags of this guy I bags of this guy. Like two guys I, are just dominating everybody. I absolutely in terms in terms of uh, plankton I bags of Scott Arfield because there's no one I legitimately despise. You don't like him. More than Scott Arfield. And that goes back to when he was at Falkirk. I just remember, you know, sometimes you see someone and you're just like, I fucking hate you. And then for no reason, and then he goes to Burnley and he was playing every week and I was like, I fucking hate you. And then he goes to Rangers and I'm like, I fucking see, hate you. I, 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 I don't know. I think I hate him. I th- because he thinks he's good at football and he's not. I think that could be a classic flip-flop for you. I'd like to rewind the tape. No, no, I've I'm not. sure you've given can, him praise. In I can his listen. I've, I've, I've flip-flopped my entire life to get to where I am today. But if there's one, <laughs> some man he knows it. The, if there's one, the listeners know it. If there's one flip, I hope, I hope the Patreon fans on the listen to this because they'll be unsubscribing. If there's one flip, you that I have never praised them in the past. It is Scott. You are a Scott Airfield fan. I actually am. Um, on my phone, it comes up as Scott Airfield, so I'm just going to call him Airfield from now on. See, it, it, am I right in saying he plays for Canada? Aye, because he couldn't get any RTS. Uh, that's uh, Couldn't aye, get in the okay. squad. Jason DeVos ga- still play for Canada? He does, aye. 100 caps. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but, um, Jason DeVos, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 90s, no, it was the 90s, but never mind. Um, obviously, the game finished 2 0, so we had. Yes, um, as. We got into what the 92nd minute before you get there. No, you need to announce yes the wonderful in-game management when Mister Lennon, as we call him, like oh. they do, you know, oh, Mister Lennon, Mr. you know, Lennon. always been fans. <laughs> when when Lennon, when Neil, our manager, brought on Olivier and Cham. Oh. No, I'll tell you one thing. And then we can go back to Airfield and how he wanted to get a right good look at his backside and <laughs> pulling his shorts down, man. See that um, fucking weirdo. See man. that thing he done to get away from Ryan Jack when he done the magic the thing. Oh. That you couldn't even process the first time you saw it because I don't know where his feet went. That was exceptional. Olivier and Cham, he's a really good sub. You'd be happy to unpack sub. At least, he, <laughs> at least, at least he's at least he's on the bench. My God. Here, did you see that Tom Rogic uh, picture for the website? I had a Paddy Roberts Jesus look-alike. Christ. It looks like he's been sleeping rough. Where is Tom Rogic? Like, genuinely. At the World Cup. Um, <laughs> you flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> Captain flip-flop. Starburst. <laughs> <laughs> I've, right. got, I've got my Slamani and Gal sponsored flip-flops on. Um, so, uh, that one thing, I did get a wee bit ahead of myself there. The substitutions. And Cham came on. Um, obviously, uh, Beaton had to go off injured, and B- Bauer is it Bauer? Bauer, is that what we call oh, yeah. him. Um, Mister Handsome came on. Um, right back, 
He does. One <laughs> does have a hell of a throw in. That was half a pitch length. Insane. Um, and of course, Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes got the winner. Um, a fantastic counter attack. Can, can I make one point? See, we we uh, Graham was doing the minute by minute, and he put up. Here comes Johnny. Johnny Hayes yeah. is coming on. He put a sad face, right? If you're telling me that when Johnny Hayes come on, came on that you went, oh, you're a dancer. I didn't react negatively. But no, I didn't, I, I rea- I didn't react neg- negatively either. I wasn't, but I wasn't waiting for it around yeah. like that, you know. But I I, enjoy, I love Johnny Hayes. I'm glad he got his moment. Yep, really yep definitely. And there's, a, there's a, some from the other side that absolutely hate the fact that it was Johnny Hayes, I think, purely because he's a Dubliner. Yeah, and he's... that really fucking wound him up as yeah. well, supposedly. But what, what a great goal. Oh, but, the, the, the second the, attempt, unfortunately. The, 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 fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I mean, I counted that. It was a counter-attacking tap-in. I just thought uh, yeah, we could sit here and wax lyrical a bit and jam for the next hour because I, I, I thought he was phenomenal. Um, and I think that he looks focused. Um, he looks like all the stuff that went on in the summer, is, I think, is genuinely behind him. Yeah. And see when he, even, for example, that picture where he's picking Johnny Hayes up and he genuinely looks just a part of it. And it's fucking brilliant to see. See oh, if he'd be we get the door if he had the chance. Don't get ah, but exactly. See if we get one season the way that we thought. Yeah. If, if see if Cham is the player that we all thought he should be, or and he still can be for one season. That's I'll, it. That's I'll it. Take that. But that's it though. Like, see, if, see if we get him at his, his optimum, absolute maximum for a season, and then we sell him for twelve million quid. Not not this window, but the window afterwards. Everyone will be everyone will be happy. He needs to impress to get his move if he wants to leave. It's that simple. Before we move on to the transfer window, I want, from each of you, I want very quickly three performances um, that were your highlights of the day. It can be Celtic players or Rangers players. Hello. Welcome to the Black Parade. So, Manny, I'm going to start with you. Three players' performances for you. First performance. Here we go. I love this. It's like fucking theatre. It's like theatre. It's incredible. I'm not even going to look at them. No. Near Beton. Sadly, in my opinion, deprived of man of the match due to chasing a lost cause. A much maligned player, but his reading of the game, his awareness, his intelligence was Excellent. stunning. Mean you always backed him, Gim? Always, yes. Thank you. Aye. <laughs> Good aye. to see we've got we alliances on certain things. Aye, aye, aye. aye. <laughs> Honestly, you two, you backed each other by throwing them under the bus <laughs> jointly. No, we didn't. No, Near Beton. We dragged them out. Nah, we pulled them out. We fit, well, like, a, player, a player at centre-half who, whilst positionally in the air in the past, has shown that he's maybe not top level. I think he could be. He could do more than a, a perfect job for us there in Scotland. Yeah. And I thought his performance yesterday was Absolutely outstanding. I think they have the of uh, of Scottish football. I think that's the key, though. In Scotland, I wouldn't really want to go into Europa League games with him at centre half. Well, to be honest, we'll obviously talk about that in future weeks. I mean, there's I, still I, question marks about these defenders um, in terms of Lazio and Europe and stuff like that. Oh, you know, right. yeah. But let, my, let, 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 we're, we're talking solely about domestically. Yeah, he, he can do it without breaks. Give us your second performance. And a bit what, 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 yeah, time. <laughs> Performance. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's a, he, Second. <laughs> Number two. This probably isn't... I don't think it was the best performance out of the team. That's why it's number two. Yep. No, yeah, I'm not ranking them in order. Oh. In fact, if I was to pick three of my best performers, this person wouldn't be in it. But he deserves mention. Technicality, Timmy, you know? Mikey Johnson. Mikey 
was thrown to the wolves at Ibrox, especially the first time by playing him up front in his own. He's thrown to the wolves twice, essentially, yes, yeah. Yep, he, he was. Um, and through no fault of his own, you know, the team didn't step up and he was isolated and he, you know, you know, he was kind of discarded. I think a lot of our fans thought, maybe he's not got what it takes. Poor guy. He, I think, you know, they doubled up in Forest. They doubled up in Forest in that game. He was really quiet, Forest. I thought him and McGregor were pretty particularly not. I thought for I think I thought McGregor did his business, but he was he wasn't as influential. No, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think either of them had their best games, which is I fine. Said Christie as well. I thought Christie was quite quiet. He was involved, but he's not. It wasn't quite his kind of dynamic self that he can be. He did a lot of work. I think he did yeah, a lot. He, of work. he did a lot, a lot of donkey run, work. A lot of running. But going back to to Johnson, I think because of what happened previously and the fact that he had their attentions on Forest. I think he played really well, and I think that he, uh, the, the pass that he made through, uh, he played through for Edward was inch perfect. It was phenomenal. That's Just right. taking too long, you want me to do this? No, 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 that's no, we're going to go. We're going to go a wee bit longer today. I think. Oh, for, for, not that longer. Jesus <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Killing your rattling through. <laughs> you. uh, I'm going to have to go for Julian. Um, he looked. He looked a leader. He looked a colossus on there. It looked like the penalty box defender that you want him. You know, you always, you, you've talked about nothing. He was never beaten the air. He looked like a leader. Again, along with Ball and Golly, a guy that had been questioned. Do we know if he's good enough? You know, and it's still early days, but to put a performance in like that makes you think, yes, we might have he a proper everything. central defender. He, he, he didn't miss a thing. He won everything. Kim? Um, Forrest and I can't really digress too much I was actually going to my first one was going to pick up on Mikey Johnson because he kind of exercised the ghosts of the, the previous two visits to Ibrox yep. um, by turning up um, <laughs> by getting, just turning <laughs> up <laughs> by uh, getting involved he, it was quite a number of runs he did um, and the assist he went as well and the assist was fantastic he was um, like a young Kieran Harren very good yes thanks he was um, again bit on as well I thought with Green with Samani, Bitton was just colossal at the back, so he was, which you don't see very often with Bitton at times. He plays good games, um, but his positioning isn't can be questioned. But um, on Sunday, like Defoe was the, like, you could barely see Defoe getting touches the ball because of the, between the two defenders. Um, I call him the fart. Um, <laughs> um, Quality part. And El, El Hamid, I thought El Hamid for being, he's only been in the door, what, two weeks? Um, first pressured game, so it was, and I thought he was fantastic. I thought he didn't he didn't let Andy kind of get a sniff. He was right in there. With the minute somebody had a ball, that's the one bit I really liked. Was the minute a Rangers player got the ball, he was right behind them. He was just poking a wee toe in just to get the ball off him, or he would an tackle on the foe as well in the box. I think just summed up what a performance he had. Chris, choice number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ball and goal. Yeah, beautiful Pathetic. form of uh, For me, the first, uh, my first choice will be ball and golly because I thought I thought he played really, really well. I think we were all fearful of the fact that yeah, Tavernier or whatever you fucking call him, uh, does bomb down the that that wing. But um, ball and golly was defensively sound. Um, he got forward. He pushed. He helped push that left hand side up really quick, really high. Um, didn't put foot wrong. And uh, he, he deserves, for every piece of negative uh, feedback he's had from fans, he deserves every bit of praise for how well he played. Uh, my, my second would be uh, Edward, and I'll tell you why. Um, 
because please do. He is just he's just a difference maker. He, he's an absolute difference maker. His runs off the ball, his runs with the ball, his link up play. Um, he can now he plays really well with his back to goal now, which is something he couldn't do maybe last season. Uh, he's intelligent. His, his him and uh, and Cham have a a really superb understanding, and um, he's just he's the best striker in Scotland. He's a difference maker, and that's why he'd be my second choice and my third choice. Scott mm. Brown, because he's made us all little dicks again, which is class, and I'm happy that I'm happy if I have egg all over my face when it comes to Scott Brown. You've won them again. No, because I said they should have played last week as well, and so did you, you fucking dick. <laughs> so, Scott Scott Brown, uh, I thought I thought he started. I thought he was quite shaky in his first five or ten minutes. He had a couple of times he was maybe caught out, but I genuinely think he is that guy. He's he is like you mean you can you said last week he's a bit like an, an old school sort of boxer where you know there might be that one last performance, there might be that one last season in him. That's what I said. Yep, I, don't, I said, It needs to be a season. It needs to be a season. Took um, the line right after. You. And the, no, I give him credit. So <laughs> I literally said. So Scott Brown, absolutely. I've been very critical of the, in the past. Uh, sometimes rightly so. Sometimes maybe not so. But the fact is, we need him this season. However, I don't want him to play every week. But what a boy, by the way. And a few words, host. Could you tell us your uh, yes, host absolutely. performances? Absolutely, number one, uh, Julian. I think he. He arrived on, oh, you know, nice. really, oh, That's really why he's in charge now. Arrived, arrived on the good. scene, solid, and he is, he is Glasgow. Okay, that's weird. You've ruined it. <laughs> you went too far. <laughs> um, I thought he absolutely dominated, um, dominated the game, and he. He proved a lot of people wrong. People that, you know, were questioning. His ability and things, I thought he was immense, and and I think he he went to show, possibly, you know, what kind of an impact he could have. He could be, and he, he's at a good age. He's not too young that he's maybe looking to uh, get down to England within the next year or two. He could be a mainstay of a Celtic team for the next four or five years, which I think would be fantastic because he was he was a col- he was colossal. Colossal is a really good word, though. Yeah. He also, Especially with the size and, and Previously when we've went to Ibrox Sometimes we've just had mid-centre-halves Who just shit it Do you know what I mean? Easily bullied or anything He just he just looks like he's up for a scrap And how long have we been looking for a centre-half Who will just dominate And we've not had one for, for some time One who will absolutely shit house Everybody that's around about him Lovely. And do you know the, the part as well when Morelis was trying to wind him up? He called him a pussy three times. Did he? And he just went for him. And it was kind of like, here we boy, come here and I'll show exactly. you. Bye. He'd absolutely exactly. do a heavy batter him. But... Um, absolutely. My next uh, performance that I want to highlight, Scott Arfield, you absolute plankton. Yeah. Scott Arfield. He, he embarrassed himself. He embarrassed himself. He should be in the job centre today. Is the job centre open? He should go to the job centre. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he did, go, he's he not did go to the job centre, but there is a there was an advert for Canadian International in there, so that's <laughs> oh, fine. Damn it! <laughs> um, he he is not a footballer. Um, despite your champion of him in the past, he's passed it. He can't affect these games. He will not affect these games. We are Glasgow Celtic. I mean, if you're if you're a diddy enough to put him in your combined BBC Sport, like a certain BBC journalist did, it just shows you how much you know, how little you know. Throw yourself in the sea. And... About Scottish football and Celtic. Third 
And this is my top performance of the day. Wait a minute, is that on the fourth? <laughs> oh. That's only the second. Julian right. and Arfie. You're taking too long. Oh, shut up. I'm the host. Hi. El Hamid, my right back. He dominate, he's been fantastic since he arrived. Jesus he's hardly put a foot wrong. <laughs> he is the greatest. He's a handsome man. See, if you look up hyperbole in the dictionary, there's just a picture of Lou with his hands out like that. Know what I mean? <laughs> He is the greatest, he is the right back, he's the first choice. He's got a good looking understudy, but El Hamid. Frimpong he, as well, he's got three, we've got three. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll whoa, get whoa, to the whoa, window, whoa. we'll get to the window. Whoa. But before we before we get to the window, there's one one more quote and one, one more um, bit of the press conference that we want to highlight, when Neil Lennon dominating again and, and pointing, pointing out a few home truths to the, the mainstream media. Listen, you're the ones who are writing all the stories, you're the ones who are... The experts, so-called experts, pundits. You're the ones who are, you know, giving your opinions and on radios, on TV, on in the papers. You want us to feel because we have been so dominant, but we're not prepared to give up our titles just yet. And neither are the players, and neither are the board. Okay, so moving on to the the transfer window. Um, transfer window closed uh, last night at midnight. Celtic made three signings on transfer deadline day. We finally um, signed Greg Taylor from Kilmarnock uh, on a four-year deal. We also signed Jermaine uh, Frimpong from Man City, who is a a youth development signing, um, a right-back. Uh, he's Dutch. And also... You don't sound like you're reading that on the screen <laughs> at all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, a guy I know well, Leo Connor from uh, Man's, Man uh, United. Yeah. Son of Dez. Is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're a tit. Um, I think uh, we've criticised, uh, you know, we've criticised the strategy, we've criticised how Celtic are going about things, but if this is the start of creating a sort of uh, conveyor belt of players to come in when certain other players leave, um, then I think we're starting to create a good sort of bedding and a good sort of bedrock to build something on. Well, it, the, the the transfer window, obviously... The, <laughs> We've we've commented on it so many times, and for a long time it was quite slow progress was being made. We knew this was going to be a massive summer in terms of players coming in and players going out. Um, who's, went, had, who's went out other than KT? Well, KT, um, De Vries, Gamboa, Izaguirre, Lustig, uh, Scott Allen, Boyata. They Malumbu, were all leaving anyway. Malumbu, like they were all leaving before the season. Keep reading. Malumbu, Comper, Ralston, Henderson, Aitchison, Burke, Toljan, <laughs> Benkovic, Burke, and come Weir. on, that's a stretch. No, but... Th- Weir? We <laughs> had him on loan. I, I know, but these are players who we had last season that no, no, we, we, now, we now don't have. So that's a, that's a long list of players that have left. Um, for various reasons, obviously, some of the, the younger players are just getting out on loan. Um, we've made seven, what I would class as seven first team signings so Christopher Julian uh, Bolingoli El Hamid the greatest uh, Fraser Foster oh no oh no <laughs> they started that oh part. Jesus when did you stay Mar- Mar- Tam <laughs> <laughs> Maurice Bauer uh, El Alanusi which is one that we've not really I spoken about I, I really but that think could that's be a the, fucking brilliant that could be the one and, uh, and Greg Taylor so obviously we've got that's th- my boy we've got three loans in there but that's seven first team signings we've made seven Youth signings as well. So we've got Luke O'Connell, O'Connor, Frimpong, uh, Afalabi, Liam Burke, 
the boy from Spurs, I can't pronounce his name. The goalkeeper. And a boy from Rosenberg, who I can't pronounce his name. Now, obviously, these are ranging from, I think, about 16 up until 20. Yeah. Um, but clearly, players that are going to be, hopefully, in the Celtic team in a number of years. Mm, um, I, I disagree. I think Afalabi, for one, is going to be there or thereabouts in League Cup games and stuff. I think he's really going to push. But but, so. but yeah. But clearly, there's been there's a strategy there, and that's been a one thing that we've been questioning is there a strategy when it comes to the signings right now? But clearly, not only have we prioritised for the here and now, but we've also prioritised for the future. Chris Omani, are you happy with the business now that the window's... Because you, you always said, we'll judge it once the window shuts. How do you feel now? I think, I think it's been a good window. If you were being particularly picky, you might have said we could have done with a defensive midfielder on top of what we've got. But O'Connor uh, plays central he midfield. Can play there, he yeah. can play defensive midfield. I don't know how close he is to the first team, though. No, yeah, I, I assume he's um, one for the future. Uh, overall, I'm I'm pleased with the window. My the caveat always is a lot of this should have been done earlier, um, especially the Taylor signing. Now we go back. Some people, Ryan McManus, for one thinks that everything has been wonderful. And Everything's rosy. Everything, it was half an hour against Cluj and that was all that it was. Brian McManus, friend of the board. Friend of the board, yes. Yeah. Big P- Brian Lowell. But it's not because you can blame Lennon for that game. You can blame Scott Brown for that, you know. But the pre-planning got to the point where we, he'd signed Ball and Golly at that point and wasn't confident he put him in to a home champion. If we had, if we had Greg Taylor, Greg Correct. Taylor would have played left-back. Or if the planning had been better, when we knew Tierney was going for so long and they said that they had a contingency plan, if that contingency plan was signing Greg Taylor at 10-12 last night, then, you know, fine, <laughs> you've had your contingency plan. We, if this, the window overall has been good and I'm judging it on that and I'm very pleased with it. But, the mess that the rat left us in and everything meant that the start of the summer was totally tumultuous and it, you could go as far to say that it probably cost us Champions League qualification. But we are where we are now and moving forward with what we've got, it'll be enough to see us home domestically and I'm quite confident we'll give a good showing in Europe as well. Kieran, there's 34 players, um, classes, first-team players right now and I think Neil Lennon had spoken... Um, before about how he wanted to reduce the numbers in the squad 34 is still a hell of a lot of players do you think some more players should have left if, if we could have got deals done maybe should have moved a few more on uh, it seems so because um, you can only register 25 for the league so that leaves you with another 9 who potentially can't play this season um, if they've not been loaned out what they're going to be doing no Just if they're youth if they've been trained they don't have to be registered so if they've been training with us for three years They're trying to maybe say that Edward has been His development with Celtic means that he goes into the B list for Europe Which means he's not He can basically play in both lists If you know what I mean He's Eddie, he can go in whatever list he, he fucking wants. He needs the list We've twice. still got Arzani and Schwed to see now, I don't think I we're going to see nah, either I of them. I don't know written off now because this, this is the second season because it was a year and a half we had for him. Um, and he's struggling to get towards the team so he's fed. So there's a few more that realistically probably we should take a hit with them and just say, look, like, well, I'll send you back or we're going to have to try and force a one out. Um, but with, I mean, we've obviously 
we've we've filled gaps in positions that we really wanted to fill with the fullbacks um, and the winger and the centre halves. So we've obviously it's it's been a good transfer window. It's just unfortunate, like Smiley says, it's come it's come at the end. It should have been all done a bit more towards the beginning and towards the middle. Um, had we done that, there might not have been all this talk of kind of crisis and falling out of the Champions League to a team that we shouldn't do. Because you know what's going to happen? We're going to um, scalp them in the Europa League and it's going to be a point, well, why didn't you do that in the Champions League qualifier and you yeah. were still be there? Some of it couldn't be done. I don't imagine the likes of Forster and, and probably the youth signings probably had to wait till the English window was shut. I, 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 that's what I would suggest. Greg that. Taylor didn't, know. But Greg Taylor didn't. You know, in some of the some of the, you know key positions, El Hamid and in you know we got him in or whatever. That, that that's fine, but it took too long to get some of the key positions sorted out, and that's a problem. Chris, the key pos- key positions for us we we knew was the defensive positions because we we really did lack players with players that had left. Two left backs in, two right backs in, centre half in, goalkeeper in. Is that enough? See, if you look at the window um, objective, like if you came from, if you if we all came from, you know, the thirty first of May, and we came to here, and there was a list of players that we'd signed, you'd look at it and you think, terrific, that's almost touched everything we need. Great. Oh, by the way, how did we go in the Champions League? Oh, we got knocked out by Cluj before the playoff round. All right. The planning for this. You, we, Celtic, but then there is an argument that we'd signed players but we never played them. So it comes down to Neil Lennon, it, com- it doesn't come well, down. It comes down to signing the best left back in Scotland at the time, paying the money up front and getting it done the fucking second day of the window. If they wanted Greg Taylor, they should have got it done the second day of the window and he plays. Now, there's a lot of people out there saying uh, we should have beat Cluj with the team we had. That's not the point. The point is the planning from... The planning has... There's been no planning. The fact is, we we've been co- this has cost us. The lack of planning has cost us. Now you can turn around and you can say, well, like Samani makes a good point about how tumultuous it was, and when Rogers left, and you know Roger Rogers. By the way, Rogers did screw us mm-hmm. absolutely. And I, I do, and, I do, and, and this and this pal head of recruitment. Fair enough. And I do have sympathy. <laughs> I do have sympathy, this ratty wee friend, with the board in terms of being kind of put in a position, but. You know, this all comes down to offering a guy the job the, the day of the cup final in his underwear, and the, that's not planning. That's just making an on-the-spot decision. Not by, not bringing in Greg Taylor if he's the guy that you want. Not bringing him. The board are getting off scot free yet a fucking gain because we're all happy now because it's the last day of the window and we've signed three players. They talk about it as being a Champions League club and talking about how Champions League is a priority, and we never prepare for it at all. And so. The board, again, completely off the hook. Everything's fine. We beat Rangers. Fair enough. Nothing's going to change. And the, the same thing will happen next season. The exact same thing will happen next season. Well, and no one will <clears throat> fucking bat an eyelid. Well, the fact that we've seen guys like O'Connor, Afalabi, uh, Frimpong, um, the, the Hjelda, is O'Connor it? and I, the, I Yeah, and... Um, he's uh, really young, though. The, I think the, he's the, 15, the keeper 16. we got from Spurs. Right. What I'm saying is, they might finally have put that... Assuming these guys can make the breakthrough, O'Connor seems to be, they're talking about it, you know, he seemed highly rated. Assuming some of these guys can make the breakthrough, then this might be a change in that. Okay. And they, and it they, could and, be. And they also, they, those players that you've mentioned also supplement the players that we've already got, the likes of Dembele and, and Okoflex. 
We had Keith McGinty at the, the press conference today and he actually asked Neil Lennon about uh, Nicky Hammond's role. Um, remember, he came in over the summer period. He wasn't given a long-term deal, but he was in over the summer period to work from the 1st of July, I think. Um, same time the Patreon started. Um, coincidence. Um, to oversee the transfer activity during the summer. And this is what Neil Lennon had to say about his impact. Um, Neil, congratulations on your award now. Um, you mentioned the, the transfer window and how successful it was. What role did Nicky uh, Hammond play in that? Huge. Absolutely huge. Sorry? Will he be staying on in his role? Or? Well, that's a question you'd ask Nick. Well, I hope so. I think um, he's worked tirelessly. He's been here, there and everywhere around Europe looking at players, meeting agents, meeting club representatives, talking to people on the phone constantly. And... Um, Again, you talk about work ethic, and, and Nick's was he's so diligent in a lot of areas when it comes to the recruitment side of things. And um, yeah, I've enjoyed working with him the last few weeks, and we've had we've had a good week, you know. And everything starts to look even more promising. And with the players that we've brought in now, you know, a lot of it's down to his hard work as well. You mentioned that some of the players that came in. This is the end of the, the first days of the season, really. You had as much time as you'd like to work in the training field with no, your ideas across? Bits and pieces. It's impossible, you know, when you're playing... I mean, we've had nine games this month, yeah. you know, and in between the games, it's basically rest and recovery. Um, and that, you know, physical recovery and, and mental recovery as well. So in terms of doing, you know, real sort of coaching work on the training ground, it's been limited, to say the least, but... Um, you know, we did a lot of work pre-season with the players. Obviously, I think with the amount of games that we've had now, we're starting to see them hit the top form. So, you know, hopefully that will continue on after the break. You always worry when you go into the break in form. You know, there's that little bit of lull, and then there's players away with the countries, and you know, your fingers are crossed to come back 100%. And then we only have a day or two to work with them again before we go into the Hamilton and then the Ren game. Chris, what do, you, what do you think about Nicky Hammond and what Lennon had to say about him today? I just think that uh, after what I just said there about the board getting off the hook, right? One one caveat to that: if in January, I think January is the telltale sign of whether we've changed or not. January should be the window where we recruit and we put in place plans for the next Champions League. So we've spent some money here, fair enough, I get that right, and I am happy, as I said, if you look at it objectively, I am happy with the purchases, and I'm happy with how the business in, I'm not happy with how business has been done, but I'm happy with the business it's in. If by January, it looks like we've got a strategy that's working, and we supplement the squad with specific positions that need supplemented, then I might turn around and say, well, maybe we are in a position for next season. But the fact is, I'm I'm allowed to be angry at the board because I don't think they're they're pulling the right punches at the right times, but I am also happy with our business. So it's just because you're happy with the business doesn't no, necessarily mean that you I, think the board should be left let off the hook because I don't absolutely think absolutely not. I, I I agree with you 100. percent I think the you know that would that would be a big mistake if we just suddenly fall into the trap of you know forgetting Everything's about what happened with great, the Champions yeah. League no we can't we can't forget about that and it's just we have they, to finally learn, they learn bleat, some lessons they bleat on about the Champions League so yeah. much they bleat on about being yeah, a Champions yeah. League club that's the biggest thing that annoys me Lawwell talks about us being a Champions League club and it's like see if you actually want us to be one you have to pre- prepare at least six months to a year in advance that's how it works 
Chris um, Tremani Yes Kieran Tierney left um, Yes he did He, d- he did He, he, he left us um, We got a hell of a lot of money for him We didn't We haven't actually spent much of it at all since he left the signings that we brought in Greg Taylor's really the only money that was spent since then because we had the, the loan signings after that mm-hmm. um, is that a source of frustration the fact that we never went out on the back of that money coming in clearly because of the Champions League result it was banked rather than any of it really being reinvested yeah. is that still a sore point or are you willing to put that to side just now not necessarily it's about it's about getting the right players as opposed to going out and spending money. I mean, before Sunday, there were still question marks over Julian, and we paid what's known as, you know, £7 million, which is a big fee for us, right? So, the fact that we've not spent the money, I'm still happy with who we have brought in. And I mean, the likes of, is it Elanoussi? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Elanoussi. Yeah. I think he is an amazing signing, to be fair. Well, we've got him in loan. They paid £16 million quid for him. Do you know what I mean? I'm really delighted that he's here. We could have easily have paid... Sixteen million pound for him, but that's a that's a huge huge, gam- huge gamble for us. So it's I don't necessarily think we should then go out and spend that. If you know, it's about getting the right players, and I think so far the players we've got seem as if they could be right. Again, I'm going to without you know coming away for the, the unbridled joy of Sunday because we're better than them. You doesn't, know, yeah. doesn't mean you know that's not a great judge. El Hamed being great in Sunday. The whole back four. Wait till we go away in Rome. Wait till we go to Rennes and see how we perform. Then I'm not saying that they're going but, to be rubbish. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, we can't judge them after we one can't game. judge them after. And, one and, game. and, and we can't like, judge them after we've just like the shit out of Rangers exactly. as well. And they, say, oh, we're fucking. You can't have it both ways. You can't say they're. You can't. You can't. You can't have it both ways. And you can't. Well, you're going to I, clearly. <laughs> no. But the, the point I'll make is, you can't. You know, you can't say that Rangers aren't the measuring stick, and being ahead of them is what we're after. But then, really. When you look at it, what do we all care about the most? We all care about well, doing nine in a row, doing ten in a row. And although we want to... Rangers compet- are not the measuring stick, Louis. No, I, I know that. But in terms of people being... Will people be happy being ahead of them but being out of Europe? Yes. Will people the next two be seasons. happy being better in Europe but being behind Rangers in the league? No, they won't. So being people, one step but, ahead of Rangers and getting nine and getting ten... Is the ultimate priority right now? Wait and see. I wait, I, I do get your point, but you just wait and see the national teeth on here if we're embarrassed in the Europa League. Yeah, and I'm not saying we're going to. I was really, really encouraged by everybody's performance on Sunday, and I'm pleased. And I'm not even. I'm, I'm, listen, we sm- we smacked the Swedish I, champions six one. Yes, yeah. I, I, I know, I know. And this, I mean, okay, ball and goalie had a bit of. A, in the a, Europa a, League, whether we yeah. like it or not, is, is, our, is, is our more level. of our level. Ball and goalie than the had a bit, of a bit of a moment with a penalty, although I'm, I was a bit unlucky. Oh, I think he's unlucky. But, but, he's great now. But, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? This is the point I'm making. It's like. <laughs> I'm delighted <laughs> how he molly, played. Molly, molly. I'm delighted, delighted how he played on Sunday, but I'm not anointing him my life back. <laughs> ah. Hey, Bolly's a holy goalie. Anyway, two questions very quickly around the room, and don't you do your big. Don't do your big question. You love it. You can start with, um, start with me if you like. Okay, around, so uh, finish with something. First question. <laughs> um, so straight, yes or no? Are you happy with the business done in the window? With the business done in the window? Yes. Yes. Kieran? Yes. Chris? Yeah. Me too. Especially the youth players. Um, Question two. (laughs) Dick. (laughs) Question two. Signing of the window for you. 
Uh, that's an interesting one. Signing of the window for me, I think. In terms of, he's not the best signing. I, I, I think to be honest, no, no. Well, signing of the window for me is different from the best signing. I think okay. Julian's the best signing, you're, you're or Elanusi is an incredible. We've got a player who, and this is where loan systems should work. This is how loans should work. We've got a player we could never buy. Mm. We've got a player who we could never get on loan for a season. It's like getting Craig Bellamy. That I think that honestly, that's the level I think that that guy's at. Right. So Elanusi is. Far and above. However, my signing of the and also I think Julian's. Uh, Jesus terrific. Christ! I know, we went I know, to go know, first I'm, because you'd be quicker. Greg Taylor. Brilliant. Haran. Um, I will go with uh, El Ahmed because at you right guys back, have a right have, fucking no, love. No, I'm not, no, I'm not getting caught up in the fact that he's amazing, but as a position, oh, get uh, caught up. It was <laughs> it's either, time it to was get caught up. Get the chain, or it was Tony. It was Anthony Alson. So we had no right back. So it was a position that needed filled. Um, and we went out and got him. And at the moment, he seems to be a player that could go on to be good things for us. I do like him. I think he's class, to be fair. Fraser Foster. Why? Because uh, he looks big. <laughs> <laughs> In the shower? <laughs> no, don't be crude. No, we were talking about how big he looked and imposing and all that. That was a and shite the, reason, the other man. two are plankton. Ah, yeah, I agree. The other that. two goals. Scott Ben's the greatest. Remember, you said that. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Number seventy-five. Where <laughs> <of> you go? <laughs> oh, jeez. So, I big fries. No, I think Summer I think, Harold, I think he uh, he totally big um, fries. Big fries. Fuck off with that. To be fair, <laughs> good personal friend of mine. I, I think uh, he just he just exudes confidence in him. No, I, I agree. I'm I delighted agree he's back. Who's he might save a penalty this season as well. Who's, when Scott Baines finished, uh, it's not finished, sorry, um, fit again, who do you think is going to be in the bench? Him or Gordon? Bain. I think Bain. Bain. Well. I think Lennon does Bain think. all day. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, him and Gordon? No, I, 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 I just don't think, they, I, think they're person, I think they're personality class there. I don't think they hate each other or anything, I just don't think he particularly likes them. Then again, who does? I used to like Craig Gordon, but you've all convinced me he's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Through nothing other than just saying you don't like him, so maybe he is. For me, um, <laughs> El Hamid, I think he's. I've I've really been impressed uh, by him at right back. I, I genuinely think when he played centre half, I thought he did well as well. Yeah, and and do you know seamless. having players seamless having players with that versatility, like for example Neil Beaton, you know he he can he can play in a variety of positions. I think that's probably something that um, is undervalued in in the game and, and fans probably just because they're not maybe expert in one position and excelling, but see the fact that you've got a couple of guys in the squad that can move about, I think is, is, is brilliant. For me, though, although he cost the most money, I think his impact could be long-lasting and I think it could be really significant. So mine's would be Julian. Um, mostly off of the back of the weekend, but I think it's been a long time since we've had a centre-back partnership. And we've not even seen this one yet, but on paper, I think him and Ayer could be an immense partnership at centre half. The new Reaper and Stubbs. They they could take us they could take us all the way to the ten. Nineties reference. But then the worry would be keeping a hold of them. That's gonna be the, the Don't put a dampener on no, this. But we've got a worry, realistic we've got, we've got worry with all of those uh, all of our players. Well, those two have, like you said, potential to be phenomenal players this year, especially Ayer. Um the development that young lad has is just incredible. I know. I mean what we've got to bring back in, you know, yeah, there's guys like Shved, you know, who've no had a look in um, to come into the side. Alzani, you know, 
There's a lot of. I'd like to see us, Annie. I, I, I genuinely think he. I, I, I don't know if he'll get one now where El Alarusi came in, but I would like to see El Zani given a chance because El, El Alarusi's going to play on the left, right? And so basically, when he's not playing, MG will play. So it's a good season because MG won't get burned out because he can play maybe 25, 30 goals mm-hmm. a season. On the right, you've got Forrest, and then I think Shved's ahead of him. Um, sorry, Shved's just behind him, maybe. Um, but essentially. I don't know if Arzani's going to get you. Because Tam's got to come back. Yeah. You've the, got Christy. You've got Cham in form. You've um, got... You know, Christy's actually played pretty well, played out wide. So uh, guys like Arzani and Schwed, I think, will be lucky to get into the UEFA Europa League squads. Options, th- Christopher. Well, options. No, yeah, agree, and yeah. I think we'd all so agree season, that the, the, so str- the strength and depth looks pretty good at this point, especially... especially going forward, especially in the midfield. Um, I do have a worry at centre-half. It's that we're still a little bit thin in centre half. Well, see the the, well. the the boy who signed yesterday from Man United, Leo Connor. The the way the Man U fans are talking about him, I mean, he seems as if seem he... about Tyler Blackett. I know. They and did. remember, Sadie Yanko was the Sadie Academy Yank- Player of the Year. Yeah, he was great. Um, <laughs> I I just mean Jozo. You can't kind of trust him in terms of injuries because he's always injured. Or when he plays, he makes an arse of it. Beton's now injured. Don't know how long he's going to be out for. All we really, Ayer's technically injured right now as well. So. That's my only wee sort of fear. El Hamed January. Might, might, El Hamed might end up playing more games at centre half than he does at right back. Terrific. Yeah, no, fine. If, if that, that that's that's okay with me, I'm fine with that. So I think that that probably brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, obviously, it's been a it's now the international break, and we've we've got that break, and it's probably. A, a needed break for a lot of the squad. I know some players will be going international duty, but um, I think we've came through what we built last week and we talked up, which was such a massive week for the club. And we started off with a Hearts game, obviously, and then the European tie to get qualify for the Europa League, and then the game of the weekend. And we've came through it three wins. I think the players have done us proud. Neil Lennon's done us proud. We've came a long way in in the past week, and I think they all deserve a massive amount of credit for it. Um, the title race is over. The league is won. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Nine in a row. Here we go. <laughs> I love your confidence. And do you know what? See for once. Fuck it. Yeah, the league is I'm over as well. The league is over. And oh wait a minute. Right, this is the guy who jinxed the die last season. <laughs> I'll always remember that one. Scottish cups in the bag. The trebles in the bag. Don't. Jonah Kieran Haran you've been fabulous love it as always thank you always happy to be here Chris Omani thank you on the Bosman and uh, Mr 90s Mr Motivator (laughs) thank you I'll take that I'll take both of them yeah that's terrific yeah we are um, I have I've been terrific as well Um, but before we we go um, we've had an excellent uh, feature and genuinely I've really really enjoyed it it's one of the best things I think we've ever produced and has been uh, my derby memory yes. and we've had, had we've had so many of the cynics and, and so many people who have really taken the time to really think about moments that really matter to them in the, in the derby games they've been so heartfelt and some of them absolutely hilarious um, to listen to and, and some of them very impassioned about times that, that mattered most to them in, in this fixture. We've had so many of them in the run-up to the game. I think there's possibly another few another that are going to be go, re- yeah, released. So. Um, but we're going to leave you one, with one just now to, to play us out. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you down the street. Frankie Mitchell, My Derby Memory.
unashamedly I'm a massive football romantic and that's definitely something that was passed on to me from my dad who has always embraced the match day experience like no one else I've known. We've always found something enchanting about the winter fixtures. In the days before, we were members of a supporters club and I was just growing up. I've got such fond memories of us both getting bundled up and wear coats and colours and getting the train into the city centre and walking out to Parkhead together. I just think that the cold and the darkness add something that I can't quite explain. Some nights just feel like they're meant for a special game of football somehow. When you consider that with the added context surrounding the tie against Rangers, it was sandwiched between Christmas and New Year in 2011, I think it would be hard to argue that it wasn't one of the most important Glasgow derbies in recent history. Given what the win meant, not just for that season, but what that then meant for starting us on the quest for 10 in a row. The anticipation that I felt all day in the build-up was unbearable, actually. That's one of the unfortunate realities with these games, how much the nerves end up getting the better of you and the ways they end up getting the better of you. It's It's... Genuinely, like, absolutely nothing else matters on the day. I'd be inclined to say that might sound slightly dramatic to some, but, you know, we're talking about Glasgow derbies. They they are very dramatic. The game itself wasn't packed full of goals. I think a lot of the play in the first half reflected the sort of edgy undercurrent for the fans with so much riding on the result, more than just the usual city pride and and bragging rights. Definitely into the second half we had come out much more determined, there was a rocket of a shot for James Forrest who was just in the infancy of his Celtic career which Alan McGregor just managed to tip over the bar and hand us a corner. And I had one of those moments that I think we all have at some point as fans where you are just willing a goal to happen so much. Almost trying to channel some sort of energy to influence what happens somehow, even though you know it's impossible. I I just, I could swear that I knew before it happened that the goal was coming. It's just another one of those comical ways that the game gets into your head, I think. Charlie Mulgrew stepped up to deliver the ball into Joe Ledley, who was waiting at the back post, and I count myself very lucky that our seats were behind the goal that night. It was just incredible. Being a part of that eruption in the crowd 
on occasions like those just doesn't compare to much else. There was a period of about 10 minutes or so after we'd scored where the stadium was literally shaking with the entire crowd jumping and singing and chanting. It was one of the loudest nights I can remember. I don't think I slept much that night just because I was so buzzing with the excitement of it all and, and there's that great bit of commentary from Ian Crocker. It's when both teams are lining up in the tunnel before they head out. Scott Brown's standing there with his game face on and Ian Crocker states that Celtic can smell Rangers. I always have a wee smile at that. Those highlights, there's a video on YouTube. It's about 50 minutes long. And it's one of my favourite clips to watch back whenever I find myself spiralling down a a Celtic YouTube hole, getting a bit glossy-eyed about the magic of it all. It's just absolutely one of my favourite nights at Celtic Park that I've that I've ever been a part of. Frankie Mitchell, my Derby memory. <laughs>